<laughs> Too easy. And welcome back uh, to the Salt Shaker FGC podcast. Now I've got a Street Fighter player, Pepper Saint. I think he was also known as Milkshake Duck, but AKA James. Yeah, how's your night been, bruv? It's been good, man. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for having me on. Ah, it's all good, man. Um, if you could just maybe give those who don't know you a little brief intro about yourself. Yeah, no, no problem. Um, so, name's James, but I guess most most people probably know me as Pepper Saint over the years. Um, I'm a primarily a Street Fighter player, fighting game player from South Auckland. Grew up in Papatotoi. Um, <laughs> A few years ago now, a couple of decades ago, at least. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to say I'm I'm somewhat a competitive player, but um, yeah, family family life and stuff have, have sort of taken a, a front seat in the last few years. Um, so things like um, going to tournaments and that, I um, I don't have as much time to um, bounce along and and, and participate, but. Um, it's always it's always certainly in the in the back of my mind to um to play games and to try and meet up with the um the guys. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's that's basically it. I've been playing for for yeah, a number of years now. Yeah. D- pretty much going back to like Turbo Turbo Two days. Yeah, yeah. I was um <clears throat> it's very fortunate that I um I had a job uh, at the end of high school at a um a video store, Video Easy and Papa Toy Toy, and most people probably remember the uh, big um, like Street Fighter uh, banner that they had on the wall there. If you ever went into the store, they had this massive um, like sign-written Street Fighter and Sonic the Hedgehog banner, and um, I worked part-time there after school. This is in the mid-90s, and um, we had a, a pretty good relationship with, um, with the Coin Cascade guys who pretty much brought in all of the um all of the new street fighter games and, and mortal kombat 2 and and the alpha games when they they uh came along killer instinct that sort of stuff we had them at the video store so um i uh, i got off to a running start in terms of loving fighting games and yeah. <laughs> being involved with it with sort of a, a little community there it, um, interesting you mentioned coin cascade because like for those who went to arcades time zone and e fans they were like one of the major or only suppliers like they were the ones that you'd go to to get the cabinets yeah um we we knew a guy who or well, the owner of um, video easy and pub toy toy i believe um was on really good terms with a guy from stages and um they had always had cabinets there but they they were basically just shooting games and and uh, like pinball machine and that sort of thing and it wasn't until i started that um Put a bit of pressure on Mike, who was the owner of Video Easy Episode, to, to um, hey, why don't, you know, can you get Street Fighter in for me? I love to, I love to play it. I and mean, there's a few boys who, who, who have flicked some dollars in there, and, and um, I'd like to think I was kind of responsible for it, yeah. for it kicking off. And Babbitt Zoe Zoe, I'm sure I'm not, but um, you know, it's nothing like a high schooler pressuring their boss for um. You know, I'll work extra hard if you can just get Street Fighter Three when it arrives. Just keep it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, take the credit, man. Like, were you into fighting <laughs> games before working at that store? Did you? What was your understanding of of so-called fighting yeah, games? Yeah, um, I um, I had a um, re- really, really fortunate to have a um, Sega Genesis, um, and managed to pick up 
Street Fighter, I think Super Street Fighter when that when that arrived in um, and the the dairies that were around us at the time, I think like most people who grew up in the sort of eighties and nineties, um, every dairy had a Street Fighter two. And then the derivative of Street Fighter Two, you know, you just you're always always accessible. Um, though I, I don't I didn't t- take it seriously until um, I guess until I was working at Video Easy and there was a little bit more of a crowd and there'd be fam- some familiar face- faces who would come in and play and um, you know yeah that's that's probably the, the that's where it started to kind of kind of really take off for me yeah um, i do kind of like though you were saying like in that period you could tell what it, you could tell it was a dairy if it did have an arcade machine outside or if it had the little like the the ball things you know you turn the knob and try to get yeah. the prize but obviously, but obviously now everything's kind of yeah everything's really changed <laughs> it, it it has yeah it has still still a few dairies doing the doing the spaces but um it's yeah it's not not generally street fighter anymore <laughs> Do, are there any takeaways or any dairies near where you are that still have like arcade machines like at the counter nah no way no nah, i haven't haven't seen in fact the when i was in dunedin um chris and i just come back from south island um a couple of days ago and i saw a cafe on stewart street that had arcade cabinet there and i was thinking it's got to be street fighter walk in the door and it's gauntlet oh, God. <laughs> it's the old school dun- bird's eye view dungeon slasher gauntlet mm. it was just unbelievable but no no around my area I, 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 yeah i can't remember the last time i've seen an arcade cabinet outside of where um, i am i think the last arcade machine i've actually seen outside of an arcade and stuff it's a little bar a little place called andrew and andrew uh in the city like downtown and yeah i think we went there for after drinks once for an event for a tournament and i wasn't keen on staying and then like you i saw an arcade machine in the corner and i didn't i didn't know what it was but i was like okay no i'll, I'll stay a bit longer this feels this feels somewhat familiar to me <laughs> definitely definitely relatable mm. uh, yeah i mean god i mean what how how much money would you spend normally um on the machines when you were growing up yeah i um distinctly remember when alpha 2 came out and they had it at um what was um at a stage it was stages in town um just off key street there and i took all my birthday money um i took the bus in first thing in the morning and then um spent every dollar apart from my bus ride home um just pumping into the machine i i mean tens of thousands of dollars i would have spent on on, on playing at the arcade i'm sure yeah. just so much um, it's it's a little more forgiving now because you just have to buy the game once and then you're in <laughs> but um but back then you know just just pretty much every every spare dollar i had i was throwing it into um you know if i saw somebody playing i'd jump on and and um give them a go yeah I was like, um, oh, sorry, mate, keep going. No, 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 oh, please. Um, I, I was just thinking about arcade culture and how certain customs may not be uh, continuing, especially now with mm. just being on console at home on PC. You know, like the you put the dollar on the side of the machine, so if the person loses, they know to yeah. get off. Um, but it's it's a whole different culture, I guess, as as, as well when it comes to to gaming because you add the essence of online. Um, and obviously the, yeah. the big one that people talk about is just people talking s-h-i-t 
about things that they don't really understand like talking a big game yes. but never never showing up to an offline event whereas arcades it's like we know <laughs> if you're real because you would have shown up by now that's that's a it's definitely a thing yeah, you can't you couldn't hide back in the in the day really um you know you were either at the arcade playing and then anybody can jump in and challenge you or you just weren't there it was some <laughs> there was no kind of in between <laughs> yeah um and, but some um, oh sorry dude no, no, it's no. It's, it's, I keep it's doing different. it. I'll keep doing it quite a lot every with every person. So I'm trying to get used to finding out, you know, no, finding the rhythm. It's no, no problem at all. I um, I uh, always it's always take a little bit to kind of collect my thoughts, and it's sort of almost halfway through a sentence, I think, oh, I should probably say this as well. But um, I, I'm sure we'll we'll cover it as we as we talk about you know Street Fighter Five and that sort of thing. But just the landscape for learning and getting up to speed with a fighting game is so accelerated now you know pe people are are at a really high level playing it only you know less than a year um we, when we were you know when i was younger you just there was they just didn't that didn't exist and the way you learnt to play the game uh play their games um you know the tekken you know tekken one two three street fighter two you know, Street Fighter Three, the Alpha series, um, was just showing up and and you know fighting some unknowns and and they might tell you something and then you know you guys talk and you kind of learn stuff that way. Um, it's it's really changed. Um, I think in a good way, but but also um, and I've talked to a couple of my my friends who also played back then. Um, it feels like it's feels like we're, we're of a, a kind of a lost generation in terms of how how quickly we can learn things um you know yes, yeah it doesn't mean much now when i say i've been playing for you know over two decades almost almost three decades really um it doesn't translate into how good a player i am anymore because people can just pick up a game and in six months they can be really really competent and that's um it's a hard pull to swallow for somebody my age <laughs> but it is it's also a good thing because you know the if if the you know when, when particularly when I look at like the New Zealand fighting game community, you know if if the if the base can grow quickly and the guys can get to a really good level fast, that just lifts the floor up on 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 everybody. Yeah, you know exactly. everybody gets better. The whole community just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Even us old timers have to, you know, learn and adapt. And and um, that's that's been a joy to watch. You know some of the young players that we've had come through in the last. Um, 10 years really since the you know, sort of the peak of street fighter 4 all the way through to till now yeah um speaking as a street fighter player it's just been one of the best things as an old dog to to see the um the culture and that sort of thing just to evolve and grow and it's yeah just just really heartening yeah i thought i thought i didn't mean to sort of go on so much no no, no please it's such an important yeah no. such an important aspect of the of the whole game for me um is that community and the you know the, how you learn the game and and what's involved with that is just um it's something special i think fighting games in a, in a way are um, quite unique in that regard um so to speak um <laughs> because every game you've got a learning curve you know chess you got a learning curve yeah. it's um fighting games because they're so dear to me it's um something i've really thought about a lot and um really appreciate how it's gone how it's turned this way so yeah. it's been really i do i do respect what you're saying james 
but also you can look at a lot of the players who are quite seasoned but are still mm. somewhat in form maybe not at their 100 percent best but you know you've got like daigo obviously street fighter you got to go with daigo like if you don't you know daigo even if you don't play street fighter um there's also yep. sako uh fudo there's like yep. all these players that are of a certain age but there is still yeah. talent and skill behind them. I guess what I'm saying is it's always nice for me when I see those players do really well because it almost gives some kind yeah. of assurance. It's like skill isn't reflected in age. It's kind of going on what you were saying, you know, like the amount of years you've yeah. been playing, it may not reflect in your skill, but then it's the same thing. It's like people see your age and they're like, okay, cool. Like, I don't think you'd be a problem. But what if they are? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. I think I'm... Um... I think the biggest difference between maybe a, an older player, you know, someone, let, let's just say, say 30 plus and um, somebody under 30, just from my experiences, just the, the you know, the, the building blocks of how you've learned the game are quite different. And I think that, um, you know, uh, like I had a, you know, I was on the stream with Sendo last night. We, we had a couple of matches and stuff. And, yeah, and, that was a good those one, boys talking about this. Thank you. It was, yeah, it was so much fun. Um, I was, I was definitely nervous, uh, but, um, you know, just the, the old, you know, there's sort of an almost an instinctual element because you had to learn sort of on the fly a bit when you were you know, at the arcade, you know, you had to sort of try and think about the game a little bit differently. You didn't have the frames to rely on so much. Um, but I'm glad that now you do because it, it does, um, you know, it, it, it just, you know, you need it to make sense of the game. You need it to make sense of situations and that sort of that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I kind of wish, in a way, that I had only picked it up recently, just because I think that it would come a lot more easier. Um, it's sort of like the old, you know, teaching an old dog new tricks. It's you know, I, I can feel myself, um, you know, almost burdened by how I learn the game. It means yeah. that my progress is going to be a bit slower than than like a ghost chips or a Reno or yeah. Pretty much anybody younger than me. <laughs> Pretty much everybody younger than me. Um, but in that, like, like I say, I'll repeat it again. There's some joy in that, you know, because all you want is good competition. As a as a player, you, you, I I don't understand the thing of, um, you know, the the keeping people down and and um, you know not not sharing tech and oh yeah, and gatekeeping. Not, not yeah. To, fuck fuck gate, gatekeeping. Yeah. Uh, honestly, just. You know gates open guys that that's how it should be you should just you know that that's where where my um attitude towards the game is i you know always try and take a positive out of any match that i've got and and i think uh, it was uh Xian, one of the um i think he's singaporean street fighter player you know quite prominent player he said that there's something good about everybody's play style and that that stuck with me that kind of hit a chord um so even if you're, you know, you're bouncing up against, you know, bronze and, and silver players in Battle Lounge, um, you know, eyes open and, and just staying positive about how they're playing. And, and um, there's, there's some really good takeaways for even a, an experienced player um, from, from, the, from that kind of level. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, I guess that's sort of how I how I approach the game, how I look at the game. Okay. So when you were playing Sendo, mm. what what was your level of adaptation or were you just going through your typical online game plan? Yeah, I was, um, 
I'd done a bit of um, a bit of a breakdown with the um, you know some of the some of the more common strings that Sino would be doing. I looked at looked at a few of his, a few of his replay of his replays against similar opponents. He, he hasn't really fought too many folks at all, but you know against a Ryu or a Dalsum or a Manat or even a, a Karen, you know, you kind of get an idea of where he wants to be on the screen and and, and how he wants to navigate that that space. And I had that really at the forefront when I was going into the matches, but I honestly got a little bit caught up in the streaming of it and the kind of the, you know, like it's, this is televised, I'm going to be critiqued really badly. And um, that, that kind of manifested, you know, I didn't, I honestly knew I wasn't playing as good and as solid as, as I can do. Yeah. And when I recognized that in myself, I was able to put the pump brakes a little bit and go, you know, you know, this is just a match. I don't. I don't have to. I can ignore the commentary. I can ignore, ignore the screen. I the stream. I can just look at the screen as I normally do and just focus. And then it, it started to turn back. And um, it was always going to be close. I thought, but um, I probably I made a mistake in letting it get away from me initially. Um, you know, almost felt like t tournament nerves, which is um really bizarre for, for just a casual <laughs> yeah. like show match but um yeah it's it's a thing it's definitely a thing you know the mental game i think is um mm -hmm. a big fact <laughs> sorry such a big fact <laughs> oh yeah and you would you're you just like obviously you said before you went on holiday with chris uh your, your partner um yeah yeah, yeah no nah. do, you, do you go traveling quite a lot because whenever i see you tweet it's always something music related or you know weird <laughs> photos of your feet you and your couple you have a thing about taking photos of your feet together yeah it's kind of become a meme um yeah we i mean christy and i we um we really love each other's company and um and and, and I, I've got to say, this is not, nothing against my kids at all, but, you know, you, you do want to spend time with the person without having to worry about all the other peripheral things of... Um, <laughs> with your total, de of, yeah, uh, normal, total devotion. Normal family. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the holidays were, were always a, a good way for us to um, not really reconnect, but just, you know, like we can we can just enjoy each other's company um, and you know, we don't have to worry about anything else sort of on the peripheries of that. And we we had done a big European holiday a few years ago and we planned last year, just before COVID hit, yeah. we were going to Italy um, in, in the May of that year, last year, and that all got put on hold. So we, we just took the opportunity to go and see a bunch of areas around the South Island and it's been just the best thing. It's... It really is, you know, everybody who hasn't been around the South Island really needs to go and, and just explore it because it is just something remarkable. It gets in you. Yeah. And um, it is wholly unique, I think. You know, we, I've been through all of Europe. Um, a good, you know, fair, bit of, fair, fair few other countries. And um, there is just something really special about, about the South Island. So, um yeah, I definitely encourage people to go, but that's yeah. I think, I think for us, it's it's a bit of an escape from you know our works. So we've got we've got quite hectic sort of jobs and and workplaces, and um, yeah, it's um something something that we're we're just going to try and continue to do. 
it's actually not that not that expensive. Just just going and road tripping around the exactly, South Island for yeah. a little bit. Definitely cheaper than flying. Um, I will I will encourage people to go and do it. Even Northland, we went to Northland in February and it was just amazing up there. Mm. You know, the beaches up there are just completely world class, mm. and no one's on them. You know, you go in the second or third week in February and you've got it all to yourself, guys. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> just go. Well, t- well, tell me something. If you did have the children, where where would they want to go? Um, I, I'm not sure. And I only say that because trying to get three of them to agree on where they'd want to go, I think would probably be a bit of a mission. Um, so Cleo, who's my, my, my daughter, uh, Chrissy and I have Cleo, but you know, is our daughter. Um, she's almost eight and she, she'd really just go anywhere for an adventure, I think. But my boys who I had to my previous marriage, um, are a bit older, um, 16 and almost 14. And um, I think it'd be a struggle to try and get them to agree to go anywhere yeah. <laughs> um, because they're, they're, you know, just gamers like like, like I am. And they, they'd pretty much just, you know, if I had said, you know, what do you want to do? They'd just be like, just just chill at home and, and play PlayStation or Nintendo Switch and stuff. Um, so I guess anywhere that we could also take devices to would probably be the call then. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have knowledge of you being a fighting game player? Have they seen they like do. your Okay. Yeah, no, it's all good. Yeah. Have they ever asked you any yeah. questions? Oh, look, uh, I I'd love for that to be the case, but no, they haven't. Um Julian, who's my my eldest, he's um he went to a tournament, um, I think it was the first year of Street Fighter Five and, and entered well, I, I I've got to say I pushed him along a lot. Yeah. Um it's a big day for him as a young fella. Um and, I, and I've, I've asked them if they, you know, if they ever want to learn, I'm always there for them to learn, but it's, it feels like a real dad thing to do. So um, I'm just, you know, they know they know that I'm into it. They can see me playing. They, they can see the arcade, arcade sticks lined up on my desk here. Um, they're definitely aware. And um, I'm hoping one day it'll just, one of them will pick it up as a hobby and and then I'll then I'll have someone I can just jam with pretty much yeah. every weekend. It'd be really really good. Your all day um, training partner, yeah. Be great. Hey, yeah. I I saw be this really... clip that um someone in the FGC uh retweeted or something. It was about it was a little clip explaining to parents how online gaming works. And so a parent is explaining, look, this is my kid. He's playing online. He can't pause it because it's not it it doesn't have that function. So if you just give them five yep. or ten minutes to wait. The concept of online gaming for parents, when you tell them to, when they tell you to stop, uh, yeah, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna do them a massive favor. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, so yeah. true. All right. Um, yeah, I guess we'll go over the other bit now. Um, you are an atheist, <laughs> which isn't a big deal. Um, I don't think I've met. I mean, maybe I have met quite a lot, but they just haven't been. They don't identify themselves as hey i don't believe i'm an atheist you know that's that's just me yeah from my experience i've always felt mm. atheists to be pretty cool it's, it's actually the people who are who are behind a religion that are very i don't want to use the wrong word but yeah. very pushy like extremely pushy to the to the fact where you know they they kind of force religion in your face and that's when you people just you know bite back um have you ever have you ever have you have you ever had that kind of attitude towards you um 
when people find out you're an atheist or you know when they talk to you about religion and stuff yeah uh, yeah it, you know yes definitely definitely i um i i i should really do a bit of a qualifier when it comes to how i identify as a, an atheist and that is just it's a really simple thing it's just that i'm not convinced any gods exist mm. so i i and basically believe the same amount of gods that just about everybody does except their one as well yeah um and when, it, when i'm able to explain it like that people kind of understand you know it's just just about being convinced you can't really control what you're convinced of it's not a choice i think that you've got you know you never make up your mind to believe something you just either are convinced yeah. or you're not and and i don't think i haven't i haven't been convinced and i don't think that anybody who's made the claim a, a certain god exists or these gods exist has met their burden of proof and you know that, that's just where i stand on it as I, I kind of mentioned before when we were having a chat um that it's always it's a reactive thing for me you know like someone says do you believe in god it's like no i don't believe in any gods um you know it's it's just uh I'm not going out there saying there is no God, no gods exist. It's just, they may well do, mm. but, um, I, at the moment, I'm not convinced they do. So I have to, I have to go to the default, which is, I just don't believe it. Um, it's, it's quite a complicated thing to discuss because up until I want to say pretty recently, it was, um, it was kind of a taboo thing to, to say that you that you didn't believe any gods exist you know like yeah. you know your parent parents are probably quite religious or or you know you you were going to church and that sort of thing that sort of thing it was um quite controversial um the, the other thing which i think is, is really important as well i you know when you mentioned about people being pushy and stuff for religion that that's part of the tenant you know part of it part of it part of it of the kind of dealers for for them to save people or to prophetize or to get other people to um to, to hear the good news or whatever it is um and and look i i know plenty of religious folk um who are just the best people and 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 sort of the same is true on the other side as well just where you know you haven't got any religious folk at all and those people can be really really hard to deal with and difficult um and i always go to the default which is just people, people are people. And, and if you can kind of re relate to them on a, on a personal level, sort of a human level, we, we can have a conversation about anything, yeah. you know, even if we disagree on fundamental things like religion and, and whether or not you believe in God or whether or not I believe in God or which God or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important to be able to connect with people and, and why I, I probably wear the mantle of humanist more importantly than an atheist because um i just i believe people you know people people are good or, or there is good in people and that you've always got that middle ground no matter what your your sort of um beliefs are you know we we all kind of want a better world and that's um that, that's a big part of um that background and how i approach it it's just that i happen to not be convinced that any gods yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just happen to be the guy who's like I'm, I'm sorry i just don't believe it yeah no I, um, I i yeah like exactly what i was saying i just find atheists very chill and very you know very literal thinkers it's always interesting 
you're right when you just say you don't believe in any gods <coughs> all of a sudden it's it's negative 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 Ooh, you know you if you want to save yourself if you want to save your people well the best thing for you to do is yeah. and it's like i mean i've already made up my mind like you, mm. you, i mean the people in my life probably believe in what you're preaching and they'll be saved but for me i'm i'm good <laughs> yeah mm. it, it it i think when it gets to that point um you know where you we um i don't have as much exposure to it but my ex-wife my ex-wife's family was jehovah's witnesses and um there was a lot of um i wouldn't say pressure but there was just you know it's you're very exposed to it and you're um and you know you it's hard to avoid it hard to avoid having a conversation about um religion and and that sort of thing and I think navigating those waters in a in a non-confrontational way is is quite important. Um, I I tend to look at I tend to I, I want to be quite skeptical and I want to believe as many true things as possible and as few false things as possible. Um, and when it comes to somebody making a claim about something like that, I'm open to it. I just you know there just needs to be more than some book or my my preacher told me or you know the guru said xyz or my horoscope says abc um i just need need a little more to kind of get there um it's yeah it's tricky you know when, when people when, when people ask you you know you believe in god and stuff and you say no um their their mind will fill as you as you kind of mentioned their mind will kind of fill with, with these sort of assumptions about you from there um and that's where i just wind back around again to you know nothing's beyond just having a conversation if you want to know any more about me all you need to do is but ask and, and we can have a conversation about that yeah and i think that it's an important thing to note as well much the same as i wouldn't assume to know exactly what you know any given christian might think about any subject um the same the same as in reverse as well and that you know just because i'm an atheist doesn't mean anything about any of my other ideas you know you don't know my views on politics or or society or space travel or, <laughs> or stocks or anything, yeah. anything like that um so yeah i i think that having the conversation understanding that that we're all we're all trying to i guess trying to make a better world um and then just being open to the evidence and, and going where the evidence leads. And if the, if the evidence, evidence doesn't lead you to a, a conclusion, then um, you know being okay with saying that you don't know or that you're not convinced, I think, is is pretty powerful. Mm. Have you um, ever been like caught up in a conversation where you've really had to explain, or not explain, but you've really just had to say, "Look, like I've told you where where my thoughts lie. My path mm. of reasoning goes to here." you're here we're not at the same meeting spot yeah yeah a lot yeah 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 i um when i worked in retail um about 10 10 or so years ago um i um had a had a, had a couple of um staff working with me who were um quite religious and stuff and and um kind of couldn't couldn't kind of get over the the fact that you know that I was not a not a religious person and that sort of stuff and it used to come up you know almost 
wouldn't say every weekend, but but a lot. Whenever we whenever we work together, um, to the point where it was just, you know, the the lines of of um, of questioning and stuff that they were using, um, you know, we'd already we'd already discussed, we'd already talked about, you know, like um, you know things like just for example, you know, why don't you believe the Bible is true? And um, it's like, well, I believe it exists. It's a you know it's a book there, but you know, why do you think it's the word of God? I mean, for me, it's just just a book. I mean, if you read it, if you read the Bible and the footnotes, it says they don't know who the authors of the, particularly the New Testament, they don't know who the, who the authors are, who the original authors are, when they were written. They've got a good idea of when it is. And this is actually in it. And, um, you know, things like that, which you think would just be a, a bit of a, a stopping point for you if you were genuine about what you thought, just go straight over the heads. And they're not they're not interested in actually having a conversation about the content at all. It was just pushing, pushing, pushing this idea of what it was rather than actually looking at what it is actually. Um that that was probably the worst that I've had it. You know, we've had people stopping us in the street and stuff. If you're if you've even done a bit of traveling in Europe and stuff, you get people stopping you for for all sorts of reasons and you know, religion sometimes comes up on you <laughs> come up on you there. Yeah. Um and you get the you know, good old J Dubs as well coming to the door and, and that sort of stuff. And I've had some had some great conversations with people. And um, I, I've got you know having had a relationship with a with a Jehovah's Witness, I have got a pretty extensive Bible knowledge. And it's always interested me, you know, myths and legends and and religiosity of people and and religion and that sort of thing has always been an interesting subject for me. So it's 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 quite enjoyable to talk about it. Um, but you're you're right. When it's when it can't be a dialogue anymore, you can't actually ask any questions and stuff. It's it's hard. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. because because I think so, sometimes people people do know that they've got to the point where they just they should be stopping the conversation. <clears throat> you know, they know that I'm I'm not going to be just convinced because you told me. Yeah, I need a little bit more. And, and what you're what you're providing is more. We've already refuted. I've already said that's just not enough. Yeah. Um, when they catch you in that moment in that conversation, they're not leaving until they convince you, and you're just like, "That's way too much work, and I don't have the time." Way too much work. Yeah, it's so true. Mm. So true. I wonder how. But I, I, wonder, I would. Oh, sorry. No, no. I was just going to say. Um. You know, it's look. People. You know, as much as I'm not convinced, some people are convinced, and I. I would never, I would never want anybody just to, you know, stop stop believing something until, you know, until it was the right time for them. You know, it's 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 tough mm. um, being, you know, when you when you are convinced or you, if you have a particular worldview, um, that will carry through, and it takes some. You know, it takes some monumental things to try and shift away from that, and so I, I don't, I don't begrudge anybody for having a, a view that they do. I don't think, um, you know, m- most people are pretty genuine about how they feel about religion and and their concept of gods and and that sort of stuff. And um, I think that people are trying to be genuine, even if they are being a little, a little bit ignorant of, you know, a conversation that you might have or a point that you're trying to make. Um, I think that their hearts are in the right place is kind of where I'm trying to go with that. Yeah, you said it somewhat, and I think it is. I think it's. A, I think it is right. It's. It's pretty beautiful. You know, some people just don't have anything to believe in yet, and it's not me sounding mm. sad, but you're right. Maybe they just don't have anything at that time, 
uh, but one day they may do, yeah. and they should have the the freedom to kind of explore what the depth of that is. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I yeah. wonder. I wonder. Yeah. Like atheists in video games, I don't think they really care. But I wonder how hardcore Christians <laughs> view video games. You know, because once again, it's like, you know, video games. Oh, you know, you can be someone who shoots people and steals cars. Oh, that's that's blasphemous. I think really extreme Christians dislike video games. You know. Yeah, but then it's it's um that that sort of thing is is really interesting because there's so many rules, you know, in the particularly Old Testament, you know, six hundred odd rules about what you should be doing, and I and I and I'd be sure that most people who would say that they were quite fundamental or born again aren't following everything, yeah. you know, and for example, or or eating shellfish or anything like that. You know, those things are in there as well, and no one's no one's batting an eye about it. So. For me, there's always that, you know, like if you're going to follow it, you'd probably have my respect if you were more literal. But if you follow it literally, let's face it, you're probably a monster. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably un- un- not worth <laughs> Yeah. Not worth the conversation. Not getting through this gate, son. Well, I mean, I I do have some family members that are Mormons, but from mm. from from my from my family history, uh, the experience has been, you know, they say they do all these they live by these set of rules. But more often yeah. than not, I see them break them like so often. Um, like drink, yeah. drinking's quite a common one. They they're not supposed to drink, supposed to have their body clean. But I know these people drink yep. every week, <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. it, it, like I guess what I'm saying is with the religion, it's always funny how people say, "Oh, I am this," but then yep. if you look in the in the text, they actually do things against it. So it's like, "Oh, but I'm not a complete." christian or a catholic and then i'm like well what does that even mean you're not a complete you either are or you're not that's true oh, and that's that you you you've nailed it right there daily and that is that you're human first and then you apply these ideas of what you think you might be you know like you know I, i'm a i'm a human first and then i might i might also happen to be an atheist i might also happen to be a you know humanist I might also happen to be a socialist or whatever um that that's i think what you just demonstrated is that's really at the core of most people's sort of you know they're just humans first and then they've got these sort of things that they apply to themselves Uh, (laughs) um sometimes for the sake of appearances sometimes just because their family's that way sometimes because cultural thing or whatever um and so i think it's and again just rounding back to that you know, like kind of recognizing the kind of the human element and, and it is quite an important thing, thing to do. It's, 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 I've got to say, it's a massive middle ground having that, yeah. Um, particularly if you can approach it from the point that you just, you know, you understand people can have different views from you um, and they can do different things. It's, um, yeah. And as long as people are open to dialogue, which is one of my favorite things yeah. to, to have a discussion, um, man, you, you should be able to talk about anything. Yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely. Human. Yeah. Humans first and then just everything else from there. Yeah. I like that humans first. Cool. Well, hopefully I've, <laughs> I've, I've swung that back to, to the gaming side. So yeah, uh, we can go over Street Fighter 4 now. Um, and that game, yeah. wow. awesome, you know, and you were playing someone, not like Frog, you were playing Rose. Um, yeah. What, yeah. What was she like? How was it like playing that game? Like, I think that was the strongest, the, well, maybe not the strongest the scene has ever been, but that breathed in a new life. It, it was a new chapter 
for for this for this FTC. Yeah. Oh, here I think um, leaps and bounds. You know, just the the progress the community made and just the building blocks of it was phenomenal. But Street Fighter Four is just you know like I I would I would credit it for my you know reinvigoration and and just thinking about fighting games differently. And um, I I suffered a little bit from the same sort of dilemma that I had in Street Fighter that I have in Street Fighter Five with sort of character crisis in its early life I, I didn't actually pick up rose until probably a good year after the console release i think it wasn't until um super street fighter 4 and then ultra street fighter 4 that i was really you know solidly a rose player um i played claw or vega i played c viper quite a lot as well and um for me it was always just you know i it probably to a fault um want to kind of do something a little bit different and um i know it's not conducive to being a top competitive player um i think i probably want to wanted to approach the game and i've done it with street fighter 5 as well is slightly more sort of just something a little bit interesting or some something a little bit different um whereas you know like getting getting to rose in the end of it rose was one of those sort of fringe characters until it wasn't really until um luffy's run at um evo um that the weights sort of started to build behind rose and she started ending up being really recognized as being quite a strong character in the game um definitely a, a different beast street fighter 4 just the game the the you know the sort of mechanics behind the game the way the game was was sort of put together than street fighter 5 but you know you've got all of those transferable skills that hopefully can take you to a, a decent level through both games um i mean i've i've said it before and i and i stand by that rose is my favorite street fighter character um i think ever since the alpha days um, she was the one that I played. Yeah, well, that was that was her debut, right? Yeah, I was going to ask you: Did you yeah. ever touch her, or did you did you ever look into yeah. the character? Oh, for sure. Yeah, um, Alpha, Alpha, all of the Alphas, um, including Alpha Three, which I I probably play the most. Um, shoutouts to Lenny um, at Hunters Plaza. I mean, him and I, and and Simon, my friend, uh, Crazy Mobius, and Wani, Lenny's friend. We we played that so much. And um, I think Rose and Cody were my two main characters in that game. A little bit of Relento, a little bit of Gen. Um, so it was really nice to have her in in Street Fighter Four. Even though, you know, I wasn't sure about how the game was going to go for me. I really liked Steve Viper. I liked playing Claw and stuff. It was, um, yeah, different, different sort of thing. But in the end, it ended up being just, uh, you know, one of the best experiences for me growing as a player. Um, I was very, very fortunate to have the a just the best training partner almost every Wednesday in Rumble. Yeah. Um, especially at the later half of um, sort of Street Fighter Four's life, um, you know, people like that, and, and if you've got the ability to play with somebody who is just frankly better than you, who is willing to try and build you up, is just so so good for you as a player. Um, somebody who will dramatically and non-confrontationally point out where you're making mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> Just say, you shouldn't have done this. 
why don't you look at it this way? Why don't you approach it in this way? Um, the Street Fighter Four definitely got a special place for me, and Rose is a character as well. It's just, um, you know, I, you know, just my favorite character of all time. Mm. She's just, you know, so cool. Um, Italian fortune teller. It's like one of my favorite countries. Not necessarily something that I'm interested in being a fortune teller, but she's just cool. And Lisa, Lisa as well. You know, the JoJo's yeah, reference. JoJo, is always... Yeah. Uh, well, when she came out for Street Fighter Five, man, it was that tarot card V skill that sold me. I was like, that's well, actually yeah. pretty cool. Man. I um I so desperately wanted to play. I think everybody knew. Um, there's yeah. almost this. People would see the character and they're like, "Oh yeah, like this is his character." <laughs> yeah. Let's go. But um, it's a it's a funny old beast of Street Fighter Five, and that you know we know we know you you know you look at the you look at Ken, you look at Oh, you look at Sakura, you look at all of the characters that have been in those previous Street Fighters and how they've. They've sort of paid this homage to them, this idea of what the character is, and then and then implemented it in the Street Fighter Five way. And so, for 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 me with Rose, it was it just wasn't connecting in the way that I that I you know there wasn't too much that was familiar about the the style of play. Um, you know, it, it was it was just not quite hitting the mark in terms of. Um, where I would like to have been with the character. Yeah. Um, I, I, my opinion as well, I don't think that she's particularly strong, but that, look, honestly, the, the types of characters I play, that doesn't really worry me so much, but I think, based on where I was with Falk, looking at picking up Rose as sort of a, you know, transitioning into another character, I think, I think definitely strength can probably have to be a factor in that, and, um, I just didn't feel it, um, and the style of play was a little bit, a, a little bit different than, than sort of what I would have liked as well. Um, she definitely didn't have the Street Fighter Four style, you know, dash and, and, and close pressure and and the, poke, the poking game. And yes, she had the zoning and that sort of thing, but there was a, it was really emphasised in Street Fighter Five. Um, but I'm I'm really glad to see people um, like Shinkan. Um, on the Sender stream last night, uh, you know, amazing uh, Australian Street Fighter player playing Rose in a matchup, which I think is probably pretty crap for Rose. You know, Guile and watch him take out pretty much one of the best guys in Australia um, in a first to seven set is just, you know, it's heartwarming. Yeah. Seeing the character do work like that. Um, but yeah, you know, you got to, you know, there's that degree of, you know, just not being able to connect with, with the character. And I think. You know, I think um, just trying to think of another player who's probably gone through the same sort of thing. I think like Rumble with Cody when Cody dropped in Street Fighter Five, and he felt that Ed was probably more Cody Street Fighter Four, who he had played for you know pretty much all of Street Fighter Four's lifetime. Ed in Street Fighter Five was more like Cody in Street Fighter Four than Cody was in Street Fighter Five, and and that's how I kind of felt a little bit with Rose. Though I didn't really have a Rose character on Street Fighter Five, yeah, I, I just I just play Falk. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's. I mean, will will I look at playing her again? Of course, you know, casually, hundred um, percent. You know, I've, I've definitely had a bit of a muck around, and and you know, always in training mode, bouncing ideas around and trying to figure things out. But I think competitively, um, I've got to go with 
got to go with the, the German lass yep. with, with Falk, I think. I think yeah. that, um, you know, but it builds up too much of a reputation. I can't let everybody down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, what, I mean, what were some things that changed? She doesn't have her projectile reflect because that's Manats. She's got soul bind and she's got soul punish, um, which is kind yeah. of like the orb that Manat has. But I could totally understand yeah. that it just it like it doesn't feel like the rose that you knew. Yeah, I think um I think just that um that closer pressure. There's a little bit of a mix a mix up um with rose through fighter four close up pressure. You know she's got that close medium kick which is thrown vulnerable. You can go you know you can sort of tick people out and you can you can bait a low with it as well. Um, and just her, her buttons are are really good, um, you know, range wise and frame wise, really really decent in Street Fighter Four. Reflects, I think, a, a factor, but I, I don't I don't miss it that much. I think um, you kind of get used to the way fireballs work in Street Fighter Five. It's always a little bit, you know, there's always they're not quite as much of a threat as what they have been in past games. And almost everybody's got a way around them, so. Um, the reflect, although you know you do miss it, really, I don't think it's that that big a factor. But just that that ability to kind of dash in and apply pressure in that way um, was was gone. It's yeah. just not there with Street Fighter Five Rose. There's a little little bit of it. I've got you know got to be fair. She she does have a, a couple of good buttons, but you can't really do it in the same way. I don't think you can play her in the same way. Yeah, is she stronger than her student Manat, or does Manat just blow her out of the water? Our, I, I think Manat just as a as a character is is much much stronger than Roses. They're, they're almost doing the same thing in terms of the game plan. Um, you know, both um, zoning characters, um, but I think Manat has a much easier time establishing that. And um, I think some of those matchups that you know there there are some matchups that Manat has uh, a really really strong advantage. You know, against say against the Zangief player. Um, you know, Rose wouldn't be able to get anywhere close to that. In fact, I, I, I don't think it's necessarily a good match for Rose at all, which seems ridiculous given she's a Zona. Yeah. Um, and you play that triangle of, of matches, you know, Zona typically beats a, a grappler. Rushdown beats a Zona, and, uh, and a grappler will beat a Rushdown character. It's kind of, the, you know, that's sort of the, the old triangle of yeah. Street Fighter characters. Um, and to have a Zona who just can't quite cut it against grapplers is um it's a worry so yeah seems really funny but i pride myself as a player with my ability to deal with grapplers i i think i'm a most people know me as a zona but i've always felt comfortable against a zangief or an abigail or a birdie um i i think most people know that i'm kind of good with that i struggle with the the kind of mix up and the um and the scramble play um you know if i can control it if i can if i can know what the pace of a match is going to be i'm generally pretty good yeah but um yeah to to have a zona like rose not perform well against grapplers feels really bad (laughs) just and that's that's kind of where i left it i just had to go look not quite what I'm looking for in my in my rows, unfortunately. Yeah, but you, you you're starting to to find the kind of edge in in folk 
like she does seem quite stronger this season i think you tweeted before um yeah oh definitely definitely i mean you can't they can't continue to buff a character and have her not end up being stronger just you know like even on paper um she's she's just much better overall um and i think that i think that folk is one of those characters that you know look you're just the raw data and and a community effort and improving the character just just was never there to begin with um and and that's a it's an important consideration you know when you talk about um talk about you know characters kind of being developed and characters being you know solved might be a term you might have heard before I, i'm also play a little bit of magic gathering and they talk about formats being solved and those sorts of things and i think that it also applies to street fighter and that and that there can be an optimal way of playing a character yeah it has to be folk i think is is just so sort of she's not she's not far enough down the track for her to really be be developed that well and so a lot of a lot of the a lot of it is kind of just you know you can easily dismiss the character because you think oh no she just can't compete on that but i think a lot of it is because it, she hasn't been developed that well and i'm i i will i'm happy love to be one of the people even in a small way to help with the development of the character you know some recognition or um i think i think that you know that, that would just that would just make my day if there was some some way of um of knowing that you helped other people recognize how good, this, good the character was yeah um but i'm under no illusion i know that she is not the best yeah <laughs> she's def definitely bottom half of the roster but hey i've seen opinion. i've seen you hold your own man i think we've actually i think i've actually seen you twice at, at a handbats and you know you've played against reno arashi and i think you've played against um like one of the Auckland boys, I can't remember exactly, but you know, I've seen you play strong players. Um, and yeah, your folk isn't, is, is no pushover. Um, but then obviously the meta I know in this game is very important. Character strength means so much in this game. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And there's also the, um, you know, we, we, we talk about local scene. A lot of it is just, you know, what you expect of the player as well, you know, playing the player, is a is a factor and i know the i know the boys uh, like when they play me they know certain traits that i have as i play too um but yeah i know you know even though i am playing this character i think my overall my competitive placing has been pretty good um like i i got fifth at war in 2019 and you know got quite quite fairly high up and most of the tournaments have been in playing this character outside of the season so i think i think part of that is maybe just that i'm decent as a player a, a, a bit of it will definitely be unfamiliarity with the character and matchup but that's on those guys not on me <laughs> so much <laughs> um yeah yeah i mean the the, the new zealand fighting game seems so um it's it's small and um you know i think everybody's probably beaten everybody at some stage you know if you're on that if you're on a kind of that up level you you know so you know as, as much as it puts a smile on my face to think that you know i might have been beaten reno at a at a hamilton rambats um 
you know it was it was coming sooner or later yeah 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 it's just too too right Mm. too right the results kind of you know there doesn't really there doesn't really matter in the scheme of things you know well i know that you you know oh sorry no no you go man I was going to say, if we played a, play a first to 10, I might win a couple of games. And that's my two wins at handbats, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. It's going to like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you watch any of the Intel World Open? Uh, like, w- was that streamed yeah. on their website? Because, like, no. yeah, because you, you had to just find players who were streaming it. Did you happen to watch anyone doing their run? I did, yeah. I, I watched um i watched ting and, and shamir who did the um lizzie from from hamilton did the um the multi-stream which is just yeah. the best thing she's so damn hype and um we we love her chrissy and i are just such big fans <laughs> of hers on commentary she's just just a hundred percent she keeps it real well actually you know, i made a little i made a little compilation of some of the guys who were performing um so like simp and uh tinkos and stuff um, and obviously the last one we can talk about, uh, it's kind of, it started off really well. And then you got to a certain streamers, uh, you know, pool. run pool and yes. how they went and yeah, contest, uh, contest, contest. It ain't going to do yeah. Jack, but, um, how important was this? To- how important or how special was this tournament? I think it's. Uh, you know in terms of the world stage and the elevated sort of um you know the recognition of the region um probably the most important for street fighter five's lifetime um i mean you've got you've got worldwide recognition of the players you've got names up on twitter you know that the 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 prize money's there um i think it i think it was really important i think also it's um in a way it's kind of it's 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 just again reinforced that the community you know and i don't say this really lightly because it can be you know like i've had conversations with people about this before is that it validates the community it's such a stupid thing to say because we are a community and we we are valid but it's really easy to be dismissive of a region like ours of new zealand because you know we don't have the the stage we don't have the massive audience we don't have the the you know huge twitter twitter following or the um or the twitch following yeah or the youtube presence and to just have a little bit of that now i think is just um amazing it's great yeah um it's being I mean, in our, the it's being in our are... nz bubble you know like if patrick gow yeah. went to america he ain't patrick gow he's just another white man of beverly hills <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah it's kind of the same yeah, thing it's so like true. one of our strongest players goes to america unless they've actually done some like looking you know looking them up but but yeah so yeah, yeah getting on the getting on the world stage yeah man it's good i think um also just you know like look prize money it, it says a lot and the amount of people competing at each of the tournaments and i was i was gassed just the combination of circumstances for myself not being able to to have the time to be able to participate in them, you know, my trip to Southland from last week and a bit of family stuff on both the nights. Mm. Um, but it was just, you know, it's a joy to watch the guys play. Um, you know, that there something about the New Zealand fighting game players is that there's, you know, there's just so many good people and, and 
just incredibly you know deserving spots um i mean it's great to have that great to have that mix there yes definitely unfortunately reno with his match to, oh, we're to get, qualify we're gonna and, get to it oh boy we are gonna yeah. get to it that is um i mean it was heartbreaking watching it because you know he 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 plays you know he he plays a little bit with his heart on his sleeve but he can back it up you know just this thing i love about reno is just you know he's a young guy he's just got fucking guts you know he's just just such a star and um <clears throat> You know the aftermath of that was just—you just wish you could do something yeah, about yeah. it. You could, yeah, you could. I mean, like, we're going to get to it, but you could see his face. You could tell he wanted to yeah. react. You could so tell he wanted to react in the moment. But he's playing, you know, maybe a bit of that stream awareness. Um, and then when that set was over, it was just the the ten seconds of silence. Like, oh yeah, that just happened. Ugh. Man, yeah, Bro. good, good good reaction that that sound the uh is just how we felt about it and the and the, the crazy thing is is that we know you know it's going to happen again yeah this this closed you know this this is the worst bit is that it's you know it's not like it's just gone and it's done and and you know it, it's there and look the poor chap in french polynesia or wherever he's from i have my theories um He's just trying to he's just trying to play the game and win some money. Yeah. But the the you know he's sort of on his own there. We're also trying to play the game. And and not only that, the the, the tournament is its own beast, you know, the the actual, you know, having a having a recognizable, reputable tournament, surely for the organizers is has got to be at the forefront. And to have matches there, and you've seen it right across the world. I think Middle East was probably another really good example of people playing these ridiculous connections. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. You think you would you would hope that they would learn from how this one's put together, and that if they were going to be picking it up next year, be a little bit more refined about where the regions <clears throat> end yeah it, um yeah it was interesting like in the beginning it seemed okay but then as the bracket went on and as the player yeah. uh you know where they were based kind of got more wi widespread um it yeah. just you could re yeah you're right you can tell right away oh this isn't going to be a clean game by any means no 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 not, not at all i thought i thought you know some amazing science done you know the the beauty of the man ting just his 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 you know how he was picking it apart frame by frame he was you know looking at the footage explaining why this was an issue um you'd think surely this is you know hopefully this is going to somebody who's able to go yeah this really wasn't playable for the new zealand players um but we are we are stuck with it it just isn't yeah. going to be any recourse here we're just gonna have to deal i know that simp said in reno's chat to contest it i'm a bit unfamiliar with it so if they aren't happy they can contest it um and then that's left up to someone oh here we go um yeah because i think simp tried to contest his match but it did nothing um yeah and, and you can see this this abomination happen yeah 
just man it's just all of a sudden all of a sudden laura's nightcrawler she's everywhere at once but you know like the the things like you know um you know ting's amazing analysis of this like this you know this guy was anti-airing reno you know reno's playing for his life here just throwing stuff out but it was one-way traffic you know the, the the gentleman on the other end there um forgive my my assumption it's gentleman person the wonderful person on the other side there from from french polynesia wasn't experiencing this match yeah. the way that reno was it'd be a little bit different i think and i and i guess like to think in an ideal world if the connection is going to be bad and at least it goes both ways but we just know that that wasn't the case the guy was anti-airing he was playing reactively um reno just didn't have the luxury of that yeah. at all so far removed from how normal the, street how the hell do you confirm almost... with a connection when you're on this connection man oh I... like he's yeah you're right he's, I... he just, he's literally just throwing stuff out there just to catch him yeah yeah, it's just, it's just really hard to watch, you know, just so unjust. <laughs> just, yeah, r really, really tough. Yeah. Um, so the, I, I guess, we're, you know, the contesting it was about, you know, like when it comes to contesting in this sort of tournament, is it, it's got to go through, it's got to be a legitimate contest, you know, you can't just go, they have criteria for why you would be contesting a match, you know, and it might be something as simple as, so say, somebody picked the wrong costume or picked the wrong stage or an illegal stage or, you know, something of that ilk would fall within the lines of being a legitimate, you know, being able to contest it. But I don't think that the people who are running the tournament are probably equipped to deal with this kind of thing. No. Um, just, just can't be, can't be, and that's why I'm hoping that the lesson will be learned when they see this. Hopefully, they've seen it. Um, and we aren't going to be the only people. You know, poor, poor Reno isn't going to be the only person. I mean, like our boys weren't going to be the only people. The Australian guys are also going to experience this when we get into this closed bracket, closed tournament. Yeah. You know, even more elevated then. You know, bigger stage then to see this shit show um unfold so i don't know I'm, I'm just hoping that they they're thinking about the next time or you know goodness maybe something put in place i'm not sure i just i don't know hmm. really hard yeah it's, it's such a shame because the tournament itself is so cool you know that you know four four nights you know, had so many, so many guys involved with it. You know, you had the almost the entire Wellington FGC online playing. Um, Blackout with his amazing run, just that, you know, unbelievably cool Urian. Um, you know, Moose going down to the wire against Ghost Ships. You know, you're just yeah. so proud. Just unbelievably great matches. You know, Simp destroying people. Just, you know, Mercy and the first one just running a train through loser's bracket. Just, you know, this, there's some you know wonderful stories and highlights and stuff and then you've got this massive elephant just just you know running a rough shot over the whole thing that it could just be all for naught because this guy is probably going to run away with it if the if this connection isn't sorted yeah. um you know and Murray boy as well you know rich taking out the first the first tournament as well and that you know there's there's something about something about um their validation of of taking out the first tournament because the first tournament's probably the hardest 
because you've got everybody vying for it. You know, you had the Renos, you had the ghost ships, you had everybody in that. And for somebody, you know, who, who, you know, I'm so proud of Rich. We, we went through Street Fighter 4 together and he's just a remarkable player and such a remarkable human as well. Just, I have so much time for him. Yeah. To see his name in that number one slot was just awesome, you know? So yes, I'm very long winded way of saying great tournament. Yikes for yeah. the circumstances around it. Um, I hope that we see more and it's more tuned and it's tidier, but you know, more of the same with slightly better regions would be great. Yeah, that would be really, really good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, I hope, I hope it'll get better. <clears throat> um, but one thing that could make it slightly better is not too long from now. We're going to have mm. Oro enter Street Fighter V. Um, mm. Now, is he the first? He's not the first. Is he the first character from Street Fighter Three? No, he's not. He's not. Sorry, there's Urien and stuff. But like, this is quite a big deal. He's only like this is a character I know a lot of people have wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I um I used to play Oro pretty much all the way through the Street Fighter Three series as well. He's probably my main character. Um, so yeah, I mean, he doesn't even look fantastic in the game. He just, you know, the, the footage that they've shown so far of the, you know, the, the pre-build stuff and, and demonstrating the V triggers, the V skills and, and just the basic combos and special moves and that sort of thing. Just, just, you know, they, that looks like they've tried to stay very, very true to it, but, 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 but. Oh, you got a but. I, I do. I, I, my, my hesitation in getting too overexcited is really partly because of Rose. And that, that transition from the older games into Street Fighter V and the kind of work that a development team will do to, you know, reimagine the character, even though that he has all the same moves and and will have, I guess, most of the same normals, you're still in the different, you're kind of in a different universe. And <clears throat> I just don't know what to expect <laughs> in yeah. terms of... It can be one of those things that until you actually have him in front of you and you're able to play him, um, I think I think really hard to judge how how good he's going to be. Street Fighter Three characters are really strange as well because there's such a wide, you know, weird assortment of moves that they do. You know, you've got you know like semi grapplers, you know, like like fireball or leaping attacks out of Oro. I mean. Just an amazing repertoire. You think just just on the on the paper alone, he looks like he'll be such a cool character to play. You know, there's the zoning elements. There's you know that little bit of Russian elements, a little bit of a grappler element. You know, seems like such a nice, well-rounded character. You know, tool base there, but with a little bit of trepidation, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd love for him to be cool. Yeah. <clears throat> How did, I love him to be a strong character. How did he play in Street Fighter Three? Was he, was he, of of a certain strength? Was he quite viable? Yeah, um, Street Fighter Three, um, Third Strike in particular, um, he had um, an unblockable setup with Yago Dama, one of his um, critical arts. Um, you could you could do sort of a left right mix up, which was impossible to block um, using his double jump. Um, and um and also you know like just insane combos using his uh, tengu stone um which is the where the little objects fly around him 
um, you know, you could do, you do some really massive damage. So he was, um, you know, like most characters, I think, from Street Fighter 3, there wasn't really kind of almost a set sort of, you know, like true zoner. He was um, a good mix of all those things. I'd say he's probably more of a mix-up character in Street Fighter 3 than any other any other thing. But I, that mantle could honestly be worn by most characters. It's the Street Fighter 3 just by yeah. the nature of the game. It's put together. Um, looks looks like there might be that sort of element in the game as well. You know, like uh, Urien is probably going to be a really good example of of how Oro will end, kind of might end up. You know, Urien has the same sort of um, sort of move set, I guess, minus the command grab. But just you know, like that, the Aegis Reflector, the knee drop. You know, you can you can kind of you can kind of you know, the mix-ups, the high-low, of course, with Urena was really strong, too. Um, I dare say that'll be a thing with Aura, I think, too. Um, I, I mean, it's really cool that they've, that they brought in the, um, I think it's the Kishin Ricky, his, um, his multiple, like, ground pound throw as one of the V-triggers. Oh, yeah. And Tengu Stone as well. I mean, they just look amazing in the game. Street Fighter V has never been, never spared... I think on the aesthetics, they've always made the characters look, you know, amazing and do do really cool things. And um, you know, just the just the animation alone is is awesome. Um, but yeah, we we need to see a match and need need to need to get need to get those um, you know, him him actually in front of us and and have a bit of a tutu, and uh, <laughs> and see what he's all about. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool though. I mean, yeah. you know, it's. I think no one was really, you know, going back a year, we no one was really expecting this, this season to have. You know, we don't know what was going to be coming. We knew Seth was was going to be there, but we didn't really know anything else. But I think you know they've certainly done, done a lot of fan service by bringing in Rose, and Oro and and Akira as well. Those those three characters are, um, you know, great for the for the. Um, you know, paying a bit of a, a bit of a sort of a respect and, and saying, you know, a kind of a thank you to the player base. You know, there's other people who have maybe played rival schools and like Akira, that style of character. Um, yeah, it's going it's to be really cool. And then, of course, we've got the mystery character as well, which is um, going to be interesting. A few few sort of theories floating around out there. Um, seems, and don't you, wouldn't you agree that, um, you know, an unannounced last character I think means they're probably working on somebody new. I can't see it being a returning character because wouldn't you just say? I just, yeah, I yeah. Don't know. I, I'm a bit too unfamiliar, but you you might be able to correct me. So someone uh, someone in the scene told me because of the costumes that are available for this guest character, sorry for the final character, it's yep. going to probably be a male. But then when yeah. you break it down, who like they were going to end it with Seth with that season and that would have been the right choice because that's the nice way to wrap up you know but now having to yeah. introduce every new character and then add their moves to seth because of his uh v skill um the tendon you yeah know, that tendon engine you know that thing that absorbs the ability yeah. so this last character yep. i i i mean and naturally i would feel has to be someone really special so it could be someone completely new or it could be another i don't i don't yeah, think it could yeah. be a crossover thing i mean but what what, what do you think james I, I I think it's got to be somebody new. That's that's where I'd be putting my chips if it was. 
I just I can't see it being a, a returning character. I think that they've they wouldn't be so coy about saying, you know, if you if it was going to be a Sir Dudley or a Makoto or you know Remy, even Remy, Remy, yeah, you know, interesting, yeah. Wow, um, you know, surely you just say, you know, because because then then anticipation builds. But the being being quite deliberate about not saying who the last character is, I think has got more of a more of a new character vibe for me, you know. They were okay with with doing those sorts of reveals earlier on, you know, where they'd say, you know, here's a new character, and you're just going to get a picture of them, you know, like the G. Yeah. Um, you know, like three or four seconds of animation, it's like, who the hell is this guy? And and that's that's okay, but you know, for them for now to be a mystery, I think is, you know, I can't, I just yeah, I, I'm 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 completely on the on the new character, and then it's just what is the tie-in? You know, this is meant to be set before Street Fighter Three, in between Street Fighter Four and Street Fighter Three, mm-hmm. comes later, chrono- you know, in the chronological order. But, but you know, who's bridging these these? Who's bridging it now? I just I just don't understand. I think Gil or Seth, I agree with you, yeah. would have been the good points to kind of end it on. Because it segues um, to into Street Fighter Three. Yeah. 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 Totally. So I don't know. Just yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe this cool character could maybe this character could still segue into Street Fighter Three. Uh, could be Necro, could be Sean, but I I think it has to be someone really special. Yeah, yeah. Final character has just yeah has to be. All right, my guy. I'll take you to your final round question. So you ready? Yeah, of course. Sweet. All right, first one. Have you ever seen a fellow dad in need of help? And what did you do? Um, yeah, um, this, this is really, I guess, corny, but my dad had, had been in help. It had, had needed help. And um, he had a, um, a major surgery, um, lost both his legs, just due to a, a vascular disease um, um, a few years ago, and just his, his, you know, him having to transition from being able to not, um, and you know, the, the the family, us us kids, having to kind of rally around and 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 help him, you know, with with adjusting to to life in a in a wheelchair. Um, and, I, and I'll say he's quite a proud man, so wanting to be independent as well. Um, that, that's the first thing that springs to mind. I know that's probably not a very good example, um, but yeah, that, that's yeah, that's that's the first thing I can think of. When I think of a, a, a dad in need. It was it was my dad. <laughs> no, that's beautiful, man. I no, thank you. All right. What buff would you give to Falk and why? Um, look, if I, if I was asking if something ridiculous, it would be a cancelable um, crouching medium kick. Um, <laughs> but that's never going to happen. So <laughs> um, I think I'd really like to see if I was just going with cool, awesome thing, maybe an EX um, shot. You know, she's got a gunshot which you have to hold the buttons for. Um, some way of doing an EX version of that. You know, maybe maybe a crumple and hit like Kage's one, or you know, multiple hit, hitting one um, in the air would be pretty cool. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe a couple of extra frames on on standing light punch, and not as much pushback on standing medium punch. I guess I don't know. Okay. All right. Um, what are three things that help you enjoy winter? Oh, dude, um, music, family, fighting games. Oh, that's a that's a hearty answer. All right. <laughs> What's been a good classic Street Fighter experience you've had? Um, I think probably the the most important, uh, like the biggest moment for me when I realised I was I was kind of good a good player was um, getting second at First Blood. Um, I think it was just after Ultra Street Fighter 4 came out and I played the grand finals versus Waza, but I beat Rumble, I beat Zosla, I beat a few big names through the through the tournament. Um, and I'm just really grateful that I that I went and, and to all the players of course for, for being there because it was um yeah, really, really memorable for me. Um what movie Oh, or what movie or series or show speaks to your childhood? I think, um, I think uh, the movie. There's two. It's probably Princess Bride and Labyrinth. Um, just because you know, hey, I was born in the late seventies, so um, I, yeah. I had the the beauty of the uh, the eighties, sort of being a being a, a young fella. There were some good um, movies out during that time. Prince Princess Bride dude, was a labyrinth is such a classic one. They're just you know some of the best, some of the best. You know, it's like lines. You know, every week you'd say you'd, you'd be memeing out just saying lines from them. <laughs> but like now, just you know, yeah, for sure, for sure, those two. All right. Okay. V shift has effectively changed the meta, making all characters viable true or false um uh, false okay alright if knowledge is power what's one thing you know that gives you the feeling of strength man that's such a hard question I, yeah, I, I, I just don't know. Um, yeah, I think, um, feeling of strength, I think, I think that just the, the fact that everybody has lived through everything that's happened to them up to the point, up to now, should give you some comfort and should give you some some strength so you know if i look at you know hardships that i thought i'd never get through as i was growing up um knowing that i'm here now i got through them i think i think that's how i would i would interpret that question i hope that makes sense yeah yeah oh, that's all good that's all good cami or decapri Oh, dude, so hard. Um, 
I think Cammy, just for the OGs, you know. <laughs> yeah. I like Cammy yeah. too. <laughs> All right. Where is your next getaway destination? Um, it's uh, top of the South Island, <laughs> Nelson region. And finally, who is your waifu, Pepper Saint? Who's my waifu? Oh, look, it's got to be Rose. Rose is definitely yeah. my wife. <laughs> don't don't tell Falk, but, yeah, but Rose is. I've got I've got such a soft, soft spot for Falk, but she's um, she's a little bit stiff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> she's a little bit dull, the personality, but. Hey, Pepper. James, thank you so much, dude. Is there anything okay. is there anything you want to say to finish it off? Anything you want to, you know, any any shout outs or anything you want to put out there for the people? Yeah, I mean shout outs just really to the amazing community that we've got here in New Zealand. Um you know, everybody who's even just just gone to a Rambats or a, or a tournament or shown up online or you know, it's just there playing playing these games. I think, um, you know, bravo. That's that's you know all, all we can ask for. Um, and just you know, I've got just got so much time for for our guys as well. I just you know, I, I really do think we are uh, we're a really special region, and um, and uh, you know, we, we've got some amazing players, and it's yeah, I'm just just so really proud every every time someone does well you know international stage or, or here you know it's just it's just so great to see 